Good morning, beautiful people. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? You know? You know, I've been, I've been saying, like, for the last uh, couple of weeks, like, I'm going to be preaching today. But then it was Pastor Randy. And then I said, I'm going to be preaching today. But then it was Pastor Derek. But today I'm actually going to be preaching, so. I have no way out. They locked the doors behind me, so. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm really excited, so pumped to uh, be able to share with you guys today and a few things that God has been putting in my heart. So let me, let me just open up uh, telling a story. You know, like my, I don't know, most of you know that my dad is a pastor, and he has been a pastor for many, many, many years, and he has been preaching for even longer than that. So uh, the other day we were just chatting, and uh, we usually talk about like his messages and the stuff that he does in his church. And so we were talking, and, and, and he kind of pulled me aside, and he said, hey, listen, uh, let me tell you the story about the first time I, I was invited to preach. So in, in my mind, I was like, awesome, this is great. We got somebody that, that has been doing this for a long time, and this is going to be uh, uh, a great experience for me to hear, you know, like all the mistakes that he's made and the things that I should avoid and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I wasn't even scheduled to, to speak, but this was a while ago. So he started talking to me, and, and he told me that he prepared... Uh, three messages, three full 45-minute mess- uh, messages, and completely different topics. So he wanted to be kind of uh, spirit-led, uh, you know, like his pastor was, and to get there, and whatever the Spirit leads him to preach on, he, he'll preach on, although he gave the Holy Spirit three choices. So I don't know how, how much of a spirit-led is that. But anyway, so he wanted to kind of be spirit-led, so he prepared three full messages, 45-minute messages on three different topics. So fast forward a little bit. Uh, when he actually got to the church, he, he ended up preaching the three messages, and he was done in 15 minutes. <laughs> three messages, 15 minutes. I don't even know how he did with transitions and, and so forth, but that must be awkward. But anyway, so if history is about to repeat itself, um, we should be out of here in five minutes because <laughs> I only have one message. I only prepared one message, so we should, keep, we should be out of here in like five minutes. But anyways... Anyways, you know, last weekend we finished a, a phenomenal series called The Last Days. Last Sunday was the last, the last uh, day of the Last Day series. And it was a great series. We talked about topics such as heaven and hell and um, uh, just the second coming of Christ and Judgment Day. And we got to, to, to hear the answer to like, some easy questions and some tough questions as well and curiosities about heaven. And, but the biggest takeaway was when PD actually revealed um, his, his view on the end times, like his theology behind it all. And he made it very simple so everyone can, can, can understand and can relate to. Uh, he made it very simple, three simple words. Do you guys remember what it was? Jesus is coming, period. Very simple. Jesus is coming. And, uh, and what should we be focusing on right now is just be focused on getting ready, staying ready, and getting other people ready. Get ready, stay ready. And get other people ready. So this is this is it was a great series, awesome takeaway. But then, but then, but then what? Like from from now until the day that Jesus comes, uh, how do we get connected with God? How do we stay in sync and in tune and and just be kind of in the same wavelength and, and channel with God? How do we do that? How do we do that? This is why we're going to be starting a new series today called In Tune, where we're going to be learning how to find God's frequency. As we are in the last days, how do we stay connected to God? So today's message is titled, Finding God's Frequency. 
So to start, let's open up our worship guides. You, you, you kind of have a message outline you can follow and make notes on and, and fill in the blanks kind of thing. And uh, if you have your YouVersion uh, uh, app open, you can, you, can, you can follow that there as well. It's a great application for Android and iPhones and whatever, smartphones and tablets. Great application. You can follow it there, make notes, share your notes, send it to yourself via email. It's just great. Uh, so let me open up with a question. Have you ever bought something or maybe subscribe to a service, and, uh, uh, and then when you finally get the equipment in the mail, it's, it's, not, it's not working right. Or, or they come and install it, uh, and it's not, just not working right. Either broken or simply not working right. I don't know, that, that just happened with me. Actually, it's still happening because it still hasn't been fixed. But, you know, I got my cable service. I, I recently moved, so I got my new cable service and all that, and things were not working right. Uh, my, my router specifically, you know, it's supposed to be a wireless router, but I might as well be wired because even next to it, I, I don't get any, any coverage. You got like two bars on coverage only. So anyway, so I called the, the cable company and, uh, and then first thing that, that you get is, is that awesome voice, you know, like, I'm an automated assistant. <laughs> I'm like, please, I need to speak to a person. But then like, how can I help you with? So then first thing I say is operator because he understands that. Operator, and then it goes. I understand you want to speak to an operator, but to, so I better direct your call. Can you tell me what you're looking for? So I keep on saying operator, operator, until it finally decides to lead me to, to the right person. So eventually, uh, three, four, five, ten minutes later, depending on the whole time, um, uh, I finally get a person. And then what do we have to do? We have to verify ourselves. So there I go. My name my address, my last four numbers of my social, my date of birth, the color of the hat I'm wearing. I mean, they, they want to know everything. <laughs> they want to know everything. And then eventually, finally, I, I finally, uh, uh, I'm finally verified. And then I tell the problem. So this is the issue I'm having. So for now, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just telling them what's going on. And eventually, once I, I tell the issue, then they tell me, okay, I'm actually in the wrong department. I'm in billing. So let me forward you to, uh, to, to the next, uh, to, to the right department, so technical assistance or whatever. So they, they, they forward me over, and then there's another wait time, and always bad music, always bad music. And finally, I uh, get somebody else, and then again, I have to what? Re-verify myself. You know, technology is amazing. They can't transfer the fact that I'm verified already. So re-verify everything, my name, my social, and, and, and all of that. And then eventually, uh, I tell my problem, and... Right now, my, my patients are running very thin. Um, so I'm telling my, 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 my problem, and then eventually he says, you know what, this is uh, um, a little bit uh, difficult for me. I'm new here or whatever the deal is, and let me transfer you to, to a supervisor. And I'm like, fine. <laughs> so they transfer me over to a supervisor, and then again, another wait time. And guess what I have to do again? Re-verify myself. So by this time, my, my voice is like a lot louder, and my patients are running very thin, and I'm speaking very fast, and, and you all know I'm from Brazil, and so sometimes they don't understand me, and that's fine, but, but uh, you know, it eventually, eventually seems that I finally got a guy, after verifying myself, telling what the problem is, I finally got a guy that says, okay, I can help you with that, and I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus, thank you, praise God, I got somebody that can help me, but then eventually... When the guy is about to help me, my phone battery dies. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Isn't it frustrating? I mean, I'm frustrated right now just telling you this, just sharing. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Now, our prayer life can be like that. Our prayer life can be just like that. 
No, I believe that God is, is always willing and ready to kind of hear us and, and speak to us. And, um, but sometimes we, we simply are not able. Like it seems that we, we hit some interference. It seems that we're trying to pray and, and our, our, prayer, our prayer kind of gets 10 feet off the ground and then right back down. It seems that we, we hit a lid and, and we can't just um, uh, get there. We, we don't feel God is, is, is hearing us. You know, the, the series is dedicated to helping us to get connected, to get in tune, to get in sync with God, bypassing all the transfers, every obstacle, every interference, you know, without having to be verified <laughs> every time. You know, the Bible says that, that, that God actually knit me together. He knows every single hair I have, although there are not many, but he knows every single one that I have. It's just amazing. Now, what if you heard from God directly? What if, what if you had the, the direct dial to speak to God? You think that that maybe would change your life? I think it would. I think so. You know, but why doesn't it happen? Are, are we not on the right channel? Are we not on the right call or, or number? You know, I'm, at my house I have a baby monitor, and, and um, so every time we put Lucas to bed, we, um, we get the baby monitor. So we, we can make sure that he's not opening up any drawers or, or doing anything that he shouldn't be doing. So, um, and on Wednesdays, we have a small group over my house that my wife is one of the leaders of, and, and it's, it's for women only. So at 7 o'clock, they tell me, you got to go up, Deej. And, and I obey. So I go up, and, and I play with Lucas, and, and uh, I bathe him, and, and then I give him his milk and all that, and then I leave him in his, in his room. So, and I get out, and I get the baby monitor to make sure he stays in bed. Now, if I, if I go in there for any other reason, uh, um, it's, it's a nightmare. I can't get out until he falls asleep. So, trust me, baby monitor, big help. So, a couple of weeks ago, I, I did just that, and, and I went into the room, and, and the baby monitor wasn't working. And he, and he was doing some noises, and I wanted to get in there, but I didn't want him to get in there. My baby monitor wasn't working. So, I ended up, like, trying to switch things on and off and... and um, lower the volume, up, up the volume, and take the battery out, and I couldn't get the battery out, actually, um, and tur- put, put it in the wall, and like on the outlet, it's still not working. And then I started, like, banging it on, on the floor, like, like, like that would help. It's the same thing, like, remote control, you know, like, we have the, uh, uh, um, the batteries dying, and you just, like, if I press any harder, maybe if I put my finger all the way through it, maybe the channel will change. Just change the battery, man. So, anyways... So I was like just banging on the floor, and then eventually I saw this little A and B uh, uh, switch, you know. And uh, I was like, oh, great. So I switched it to A, and there it was. I could see Lucas, and everything was fine. But the thing is, I was on the wrong channel. I was on the wrong channel. So finding God's frequency, finding God's channel is essential to get in tune with him. You know, I remember some of my, my early childhood prayers. We had the... the the, the lunchtime or, or mealtime prayer and, and the, night, the nighttime, uh, nighttime before bed prayers and the travel prayers and the first salvation prayers. You know, I, I invited Jesus into my heart. I was very young. I was um, about six or seven years old. But every time we would go to Sunday school on Sunday morning, uh, the teacher would ask us, like, so you want to invite Jesus into your heart? I mean, why would I say it? No, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm all set. No, of course not. I would say yes again. I didn't know that I didn't have to. Uh, so we ended up like just saying the same prayer all over and over again. But these were all formula prayers that we kind of we mimicked 
from other people. We weren't necessarily taught on how to pray and the meaning of it and so forth. Now, what's interesting is, is if we look even further, even deeper, and uh, we're going to find that our prayers are primarily around just surface situations, you know, just like our own scenarios, personal needs. You know, most of our prayers, this is your, your filling the blanks, by the way, most of our prayers are like, bless me, bless me, help me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. You know, protect me, forgive me. Me, 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 me. Now, this leads to kind of eventually split between two kinds of people. One group no longer believes. One group is discouraged, disenfranchised by the notion of prayer because their, 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 their prayers are simply not answered and they end up giving up. One group is upset because they, they have no results and the other group, on the other hand, they keep on praying because periodically, every now and then, they get one of their prayers answered. The interesting thing is that both of these groups are similar in the fact that they don't know what makes it work. They don't know prayer, like what, what works or, or not works. You know, one just keeps doing it, and the other one just quits altogether. Now, this may, may sting a little, so I'm a little qualified before I say this, but for the group that keeps on praying, not all of us, not all of us, but for, for the people that keep on praying, this can be just kind of a, a good luck charm, you know, like, you, like a rabbit's foot kind of thing. You, you put it on hoping that things will work out. And then we say things like, you know, let, make sure you pray about that, brother. Make sure you pray about that. Yeah, I'll be praying for you. But just like in our minds, like, oh, hopefully it works. But we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Just don't forget to pray about it. <laughs> now, what's the secret? How, how do we get our prayers answered? How, how do we get our prayers answered? That's a million-dollar question. Have you ever thought why, why God kind of answers the seemingly unimportant prayers, uh, but then the important ones just go unanswered? Like, I have a tendency of losing things, especially my glasses, uh, which, by the way, right now I don't know where they are. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, but, and, and in my keys, too. Like, Gretchen has helped me many times to get back... Uh, get me back in my office and, get, and try to find my keys and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm constantly praying for my keys because I need to get home. I need to get to work. I need to get to my office and so forth. And every time I find it, I find it. Now, sometimes when I'm praying for somebody that I, that I know to, to get a job, which is an important thing, it seems that nothing happens. It seems that nothing happens. Is, is it just me or you guys can relate to that? You know? I think this is why some people quit. Or they just don't believe in prayer anymore. And I venture to say that there are some, some people here today right on the edge, right on the verge of quitting. Right on the verge of quitting. What about the other special people that, that will tell you kind of, you don't have enough faith. As you pray, as you're asking for something, you just don't have enough faith. You, ha you have to have more faith, brother. No. Like, I remember... Um, the day that I proposed to my wife, Sarah, actually, um, I was taking a shower before going to church, and I had the restaurant at um, Pizzeria Uno all set up and ready uh, for, for my proposal. And my family, her family, everybody in the know but her. And then I was um, taking a shower, and I, I kind of asked God, and I was like, God, I'm taking a big step right here. I, I see marriage as a, as a lifetime deal. Like, I, I, I you know, like, I, I think it's important that... It's, it's a big decision. You know, it's not like I'm deciding whether I buy an iPhone or an Android, although the choice is obvious. But 
So it's not like I'm, uh, it's not like I'm, uh, I'm trying to, to, to figure that out. You know, like this is a big decision. It's a big decision. So it would be great if I could have a sign from you before I take this big step. And then eventually I was overcome by fear. By fear. I wasn't, but I wasn't afraid whether uh, he was going to say, no, Sarah is not the right girl for you. Maybe I was afraid that he would say that I'm not the right guy for her. You never know. No, but like the truth is I was afraid that, that he wouldn't answer. That he, he would stay silent. And then, and then what do I do? And then where does my faith go when I ask something specific and I don't get a, a, an answer? So I kind of discounted my own prayer and I said, you know what, God? I, I know she's, she's the right girl. I know she's, she's after your heart. She's a, 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 a godly woman and, and she's unbelievably beautiful. So I'm... I know, I know I'm doing the right thing. So I went to church. So I discounted my own prayer, you know, let God off the hook for, to, to tell me anything, and I went to church. So as I was, as was there, we had a singer uh, from a different church who was just singing there that night, and he kept on looking at me funny. And, and then he said, you know, man, I, I don't know if you have a girlfriend or not, but this is kind of awkward for me, but um, I look at you, and every time I see you, I see something. I don't, I don't know if you have a girlfriend or if you are about to like embark in a partnership, like a business partnership with someone. Now, all my Brazilian friends in the house, you guys know that Alianza, which is translated as alliance, uh, um, in, in, in Portuguese it means either an alliance, like a partnership with somebody, but it also means a wedding band. So he, he kept on telling me, every time I see you, uh, God puts in my heart to tell you that it's time for an alianza. It's time for a wedding band. So that was my confirmation. You know, like the little faith... The very little faith that I used in the beginning of my prayer, and then I discounted afterwards, God did an amazing thing. It was the best confirmation ever. You know? So the point is, no matter how small you think your faith is, no matter how small, that's all you need. That's all you need. Not enough faith is really not a reason we don't get the things we pray for. Perhaps partially, like if you have no faith at all, but the Bible says, if you have faith like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed, you can move mountains. So faith can't be it. You tracking? So whether, whether you experience a small, unimportant uh, uh, prayer requests uh, being answered, and big ones still going unanswered, whether you question why we pray things over and over and over again, like God is deaf for something, or, or he's just too busy to, to hear us, or you get people telling you, you don't have enough faith. Or even you think, I, don't, I just don't have enough faith. I'm going to rely on somebody else's prayer for me. I'm going to ask for prayer and not even pray myself because I don't have enough faith. Ouch. Uh, the truth is, many things can affect our prayer life. Many things can affect the way we pray. Now, what if none of this was the point? What if those efforts, the formulas, the needs and wishes and etc., had nothing to do with prayer? What if the bless me, give me, protect me, forgive me, all of those things, what if it had very little to do with getting to God? What if there is more? Say, what if? I know, I believe there is. I believe there's a lot more to prayer than just that. I submit to you that the prayer, maybe not all of us, but for most of us, like we haven't been taught how to pray, really taught how to pray. We see other people do it, and then we do it. But we, sometimes we, we haven't been taught how to pray. Now, if we were to do a kind of a self-evaluation right now, just look, at, look inside. Don't answer this out loud. But if we, if we were to do a self-evaluation and, and find out how our prayer life is, I think that we would find 
that it's a little bit of lucky charm, a little bit random, a little bit random, a little bit me, myself, and I, or maybe a lot, me, myself, and I. But we're probably afraid to really evaluate it because we may end up on the, on the truth, on the true fact that it simply isn't working. Again, this is not an all play, that this, this, but I would say this is a lot of us. That's simply not working. That would be a devastating discovery. But it does not have to be. It doesn't have to be. Now we're going to be looking at a Bible text where Jesus actually teaches us on how to pray. Now before I start reading it, you should know that the disciples, they were very interested in, in Jesus' prayer life. I call, I call them the boys. You know, Jesus saw the boys and, and uh, they, they were doing it all wrong. So he probably said something like, guys, you guys are doing it all wrong. You, you, I know you think you know how because you've, you've been modeling after people or something, but you, you really don't. You don't know. We're going to be reading out of Matthew uh, chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. If you have your Bibles, you can open up there. Um, it's actually on version 2. Now, these verses are the introduction to the Lord's Prayer. We're going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer as we move forward in the series. But leading up to that, he, Jesus essentially says, there are some things that you have all missed, that all of you guys have missed. Listen up. Just because you have been doing it a long time doesn't mean you've been doing it right. Doesn't mean you've been doing it right. Let's say you're playing basketball, okay? And, and, and by yourself, and you're kind of training for a tryout to, for the high school team or something. And then you get the ball, and you're bouncing the ball and all that, and then you get the ball and go like this. You know, what's, what's the worst that can happen? Some of you may say, miss. That's the worst that can happen. You can miss. Or maybe hit somebody else's head. I, I don't know. Now, the, the truth is, the worst thing that can happen is that if you actually make that shot, because you made that shot, doing it wrong. Doing it wrong. I mean, how many of you agree that, that a guy like that wouldn't necessarily last through a game or, or probably would never make the team? That guy is me, by the way. I, 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 can't, I can't play basketball. Like, I'm, I'm not necessarily good in any sports. But anyways, moving on. Now, in verse 5, Jesus starts uh, showing us how to pray by actually showing us how not to pray. So he says... And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and, and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Now, this is interesting. Jesus is saying, don't pray like that. Don't pray like that. Not all the time, at least. It's fine to pray out loud. Sometimes we have to start a meeting by, so somebody has to lead us in prayer. So somebody leads us in prayer, and then we have to close a meeting, somebody leads us in prayer, or, or whatever the deal is. It's fine to pray out loud, but these people here, the, 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 the hypocrites that Jesus is saying, they, they were just praying out loud with big words and all of that just to call attention to themselves. So all the reward that they would get for praying, they already got it from men. But continuing, verse 6, it says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Now, the big idea here is to get in tune with God, we kind of have to eliminate all, all the interference, all the interference, all the barriers. You know, to go where you have never gone before, you have to consider two things. You have to consider time and place. 
time and place. All right, verse 6, what is Jesus saying? Those in real estate know this. Location, location, and what else? Location. He's into time and place. He says, I know you prayed before on the fly, in the car, driving, or at the gym, exercising, at mealtime. But I want you to pray in secret, alone, behind a closed door. You know, you can pray anywhere, but can you, will you let me teach you how to pray? This is what Jesus is saying, essentially. Now, Jesus went to the wilderness, you know, like uh, to pray, as the Bible says. I, mean, I prefer somewhere indoor. I, I, don't, I don't do very well with wilderness. Uh, uh, the other day, we were just sitting on my deck uh, with a couple of good friends, and uh, uh, everybody was fine, but my legs were covered in mosquitoes. I don't know why, but... Regardless, I prefer somewhere indoor. The point is, you just need to find a special spot, a special place where it's just you and God. Just you and God. And I believe that if we follow these instructions consistently, it could and it would change our prayer life. And I venture to say it would change our life altogether. So I challenge you, and I invite you to kind of start and restart your prayer life. It doesn't have to be for an hour a day. You know, it doesn't have to be for an hour a day. Otherwise, you kind of... Uh, you run out of words by, by the third or fourth minute, and then you don't know what else to do. It doesn't have to be like that. I remember when I first met Chris Belly. Uh, he's, he's here in the house right now. And the first, the first thing I thought about him was like, man, what a beautifully shaped head. <laughs> I've always wanted to, to shave my head. You know, I, I can't pull that look off, but I've always wanted to shave my head because it's just so much easier, so much easier. I actually made the mistake of doing that once, not even zero, like it was like on level two or something. And uh, my wife and I went to a cruise. And in all the memories, all the photos I have from that cruise, it was like that beautiful girl and the guy that is about to steal her purse or something. <laughs> you know, I look, I look like a fugitive when I do that. So, you know, the beautiful girl and the guy that is about to kidnap her or something. But, so I can't, so th- that's what I first thought about him, first time I saw him. And then... But then after that, I kind of I met him here, actually, on, on stage. I was playing the drums, and, and it was like, what's up, man? What's up? Or maybe just like, hmm, you know? And then that evolved into, into hey, man, how you doing? And then eventually, now fast forward uh, uh, a while now, like now, now we can sit and talk for like hours. And then by the time we're, we're done talking, uh, I'm still like, oh, man, I wish I, I told him this. Or, I wish I had asked him this, you know? So it, it evolves. You know, prayer is, is about relationship. Prayer is not about religion. It's not a, a check mark we do, okay, my hour is up, thank God. Or, or even like, pray for an hour, put the alarm clock, like, at the, at the one hour is done, we're done. No, it's not like that. It's a relationship thing. It's a relationship thing. In the, 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 the times that I had most intimate times, most uh, meaningful conversations with Chris was, was when we were sitting just by, by ourselves, talking, you know, sharing. I was sharing my heart with him, and he was sharing his heart with me. And this is, this is so important. It was on a one-on-one basis. You know, my dad, my dad modeled this um, as I was growing up. I would say, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five years old. Uh, I would go into his room at bedtime to always kiss him goodnight before I go to bed. And he would be praying. And he would be like on his bedside, on his knees, just praying. And sometimes I, I would, depending on how my day went, if I had a lot of repenting to do, I would kind of get on, uh, on my knees too and, and pray a little bit. But sometimes I was just waiting until he's done. 
and then I would talk to him and so forth, and then go to my bedroom and fall asleep. But again, he modeled this to me, that his time with God is, is sacred. It's something important for him to do. Fast forward many years, I came to U.S. in 1995, and uh, we ended up uh, buying a house at Old Connecticut Path in Framingham. And I remember like sometimes midnight or one in the morning, I would go downstairs to get a sip of water or something, and then I would hear him praying in the background, you know, in his office, just praying by himself, one in the morning. You know, I, I cannot even tell you the kind of impression that that left me. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, think about this. My wife and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, um, you can be standing right next to someone and still be a thousand miles away. The other day we were talking about a bunch of things, and, and yes, I was answering her and so forth. But then she asked me if I was... Uh, if everything was all right, because I was distant. And, and honestly, I was actually thinking about today. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. So I was thinking about today. Now, but yeah, we can be a thousand miles away. Why? There are so many distractions. You know, the doorbell is ringing. We got bills to pay. We got phone ringing. We got the TV going. We got the radio going. We got Facebook. Ouch. And you can still talk to people while doing all that, and still carry a, a conversation, or half of a conversation, would say. You know, but it's like package deals, you know, you, you go and you buy something, and then you get a mini whatever on, on the side. You know, you go and you buy a cologne, and then, yes, it comes with a little aftershave as a, as a, as a bonus. You know, you, you go for the cologne, your mind is set on the cologne, you're, um, you're ready to pay the price for the cologne, but then you get the aftershave. As a bonus. Yay. Awesome. But sometimes that cologne can be our, 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 our driving. It can be our um, exercising. It can be just doing whatever in the house, cleaning the house, whatever. And then the, the, the aftershave, the little tiny aftershave can be our prayer life. God wants to be the cologne. God wants to be the main thing, the big deal. You know, he wants to be first. He wants to, to be first. So, so what do we do? We, we, we go to a place physically and emotionally where distractions are not on the equation. Location, time, and place, they make all the difference in the world. One way is random. The other way is intimate. The truth is we can talk to God all of our lives and yet never really feel in tune, never really feel connected with Him. You may never really find the frequency if we don't do it right. This is far beyond bless me, protect me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me prayer. No, it's far beyond that. Now, verse 6, it says, Then your Father who sees what's done in secret, he will reward you. Now, the reward isn't what you think. Oh, man, because if, 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 if just going to a closet and praying, I would get everything I need or want. I mean, I'm sure that the building here has a bunch of closets. I'll find one right now and just go there, you know, and, and maybe I'll get everything I want. No, you won't get everything that you want, everything that you ask. Thank God for that, by the way. You know, can I tell you something? Like sometimes the best thing for us is an unanswered prayer. Sometimes the best thing for us is, is an unanswered prayer. I can only imagine where I would be if I had gotten everything I prayed for. You know, I can almost guarantee you I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here today. Just God knows. But the Bible says in Hebrews that, that he's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
The reward is not dependent whether he says yes to you or, or no or nothing. Or nothing about whatever it is that you're praying for. The reward is actually knowing that God is with us. God is with us. He's with us no matter what. It is knowing that he's primarily concerned with what you need, not what you want. And I venture to say that most of us, at some level, we don't, we don't know exactly what we need. But he does, because he knows us much better than we do. He knows our heart much better than we do. Still tracking? So let's read on. Uh, Verse 7, it says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans do, for they think they will be heard because of their many, many, many words. You know, Jesus is saying, in other words, Jesus is saying, I'm not moved by the quality or the quantity of your words. No, it's not about words, phrases, fancy expressions, or or, or cliches, you know, the, the prayer cliches. No. When I was young, I, I would listen to people praying, and, and before they actually got to the prayer, there would be maybe a, a minute introduction and, and all of those uh, uh, fancy words and, that I didn't understand back then, and some of them I still don't. But, you know, like all of those, and, and I remember thinking like, oh, man, I want to pray like that. I, I want to pray like that. I want to I have that vocabulary. But I tell you what, uh, some of my most intimate times in prayer with God, I didn't say a word. A single word. It was 20, 25, 30 minutes of sobbing, just crying to God. And I'm not only saying like uh, sad sobbing or sad crying. I was just crying in his presence. So words are really not it. Now imagine, imagine if you had to speak to your, to your earthly father and mother like that with all that protocol. It, it, it would be weird, right? You know, we need to be able to approach God and to love on him, and to thank him, and to cry to him, and to ask him for instructions, to ask him for things, to, 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 to kiss him, to worship him, to worship him with confidence in our intimacy, right? Confidence in our intimacy with him. I'm not saying that it's wrong to pray with eloquence, absolutely not. But it's not a need. It's not a need. Then Jesus gives us kind of a, a twist line. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. What? <laughs> then why am I even praying? <laughs> why do it if he already knows? This must, mean there's, this must mean that there's more to it, right? If he knows what I'm going to be praying for, then why doesn't he give me all the things I need or want or ask or request or whatever? Why doesn't he give me all the money, all the healing, all the, the time, all the, everything that I'm going to ask? Man, this would save me a lot of time. It would. It can't just be about asking him for what I want or need. Jesus is saying, I already know that stuff better than you do. Trust me, let me lead you to something more. I'm going to say some strong things, and I hope you stay with me on this. I've learned that most people's religious experience revolves around the fact that, that, that we have like moments of conviction. Moments of conviction without any follow-through, with no change. You know, the, the Holy Spirit's job description, one of his job description is to be, uh, uh, to, to convict us of our mistakes, to convict us of our sins, and to, to kind of show us the way and say, hey, this way, buddy. Uh, this is his job. But sometimes we, we simply don't, we simply ignore it. We feel it. We get out of a service or a small group or something, and we even say like, oh, God spoke to me today. But then we don't do anything about it. But then we don't do anything about it. Soon enough, we're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. Conviction 
left unattended becomes guilt, becomes condemnation. So the, the Holy Spirit, he convicts us, he does not condemn us. But then we don't do anything about it, and then we end up feeling what? Guilty. So we pray sporadically, we feel convicted, we forget about it, then we eventually re we remember, and we feel super guilty and condemned about it, and forget about it, and then we get over it. Soon enough, we're doing the same thing. I can't even count how many times uh, I've been convicted by the Holy Spirit that I need to have a better prayer life. So, and I'm preaching on prayer, so I'm preaching to myself here. You know, that I have to have a better prayer life. You know, so very, like many, many times I bow my knees in prayer and the first five minutes of my prayer is just apologizing for not being connected to him enough. You know, but you want to know something that makes a whole difference in our lives? When we make the habit to pray, you go to your room, to your closet, whatever place of prayer that you have, and then you pray. And then you pray. And then once you get convicted by the Holy Spirit, you know, but you get convicted by the Holy Spirit, but then you're feeding your relationship with God through prayer. And that will give you the strength. That will compel you and propel you to make the changes in your life that God is leading you to. It is constant prayer. It is constant contact with God. The truth is we can spend our, our whole life and still miss Him. What a crazy thought. Life is, life is actually being, uh, it's about being in tune with God. Now, Jesus says needs and wishes. That's not what I want you to pray. This is just a part. I have much more for you. But how? How, how do I see what else is there? What else is there in prayer other than bless me, help me, give me, pr protect me? You won't get to that point until you have this personal infrequency thing worked out. Now, how do I begin? Like any parent would say, go to your room. <laughs> go to your room. You know, just go in the room, close the door, and allow God to teach you how to pray. And remember this, place and time matter. God wants to be first. God wants your undivided attention. It's fine to pray on the go. It's fine to be in contact with God. I once heard very wise men say, I, I never pray for more than 15 minutes. But I never go more than 15 minutes without praying. It's fine. Absolutely fine to do it. But he wants your undivided attention. And, and my guarantee to you is our unseen Father will reward your unseen prayers. It's a promise. It's written in the Bible. It's a promise. And he never fails. Amen? Let's stand on our feet. Now, if, if we can uh, all kind of um, bow our heads and just close our eyes. Let's, let's give everyone here just privacy. And as we do that, I want you to focus on, on God and God only. Forget the people that are next to you, in front of you, behind you. This is a time between you and God. We all have... We all have times that, that we question our prayer life. And sometimes, maybe, sometimes maybe you're here today and, and, and this is the subject of prayer is all new to you. Maybe you, were, you grew up knowing just to, to repeat things and, but without relationship. Maybe 
Maybe you, you grew up in religion only, just doing the things religiously. And you didn't know that this is about relationship. Now, if that's you, let me tell you about another prayer. The most important prayer that you can have ever. This is, this is an all play. The most important prayer is the, is, is the prayer where you invite Jesus into your heart. This is the most important prayer. Now, if you haven't done this ever before, if you haven't invited God to live in your heart, if you haven't accepted Christ, accepting his sacrifice as payment for your sin, we all make mistakes. We, we all sin. But there's a difference between us trying to make up for our mistakes or accepting his sacrifice as payment for all of our sin. So if you haven't, if you haven't made that choice yet, that decision, and you want to make it today, you want to invite Jesus into your life. You want to, you want, you want, you want to make sure that your prayer counts. Just raise your hand. Every, every head bow and every eye closed. Just raise your hand boldly. If that's you. I see this hand. Thank you. Anyone else? I see that hand. Thank you, my friend. I see a couple more hands here. Thank you. I see that hand there in the back. Thank you. Our church, most of you have already done this prayer, but let's let's do it again. Let's do it again. Say, Jesus, I invite you into my life, and I ask you, God, to dwell in my heart. Lord, I accept your sacrifice as payment for all of my sin. I believe that you came to this earth, that you lived a sinless life, and you gave your life. So in turn, I can have eternal life with you. So Lord, I give you my life. I surrender my will. Help me to do your will. I accept you as my Savior. And I, and I accept and invite the Holy Spirit into my life to convict me of the things I'm doing so I can glorify you in everything I do. I, I want to pray for a second group of people. Maybe you're here today and, and, and you're right on the verge of, um, of giving up on prayer. Maybe, maybe you're, you're one of us who has been doing it wrong for so long. For so long. And you just want to restart. You want to have a fresh start and to be able to actually get to God and, and give Him your undivided attention. And you need to revamp your prayer life. If that's you, 
Just raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you, God, for, for your word that never fails. Thank you, God, for your word that is just the instruction that we need. Everything is in there. And I thank you, Lord, for, for showing us how to pray, for showing us, God, that, that, that you want our undivided attention, God. The word says that whenever we draw near to you, you draw near to us. So, Lord, help us. Give us the strength. Give us, God, the the little nudge, you know, like the Holy Spirit guide us, lead us to that time of prayer, that place of prayer, God, that we can just come and surrender to you, Lord, and just uh, make that a habit. Help us, God, to, to foster our relationship with you. Lord, we, we are all about knowing you, not just knowing of you. Help us to get to know you better, God. Help us to, to have that time of prayer and the place of prayer that we can get connected to you to get in tune with you and to stay in tune with you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Let's give God a big hand.